everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Until Possible podcast. Today, I am delighted to have Jack Wicks with me and uh, dig into his journey. We've been following him for quite a while on social media, and um, he does a lot of great things on there as well. So first and foremost, Jack, thanks for joining me. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, mate. I know you've been darting around. I know you've got a busy day and a busy week ahead with... Uh, everything that you've got going on um so we'll we'll dive straight in but just for the the benefit of the listeners um who is jack what does he do and uh, and why does he do it yeah so um basically been in 10 years uh, 10 years in property um full time pretty much so <clears throat> from the age of 22 23 i basically packed in the job that um got me as close to depression as i'd ever like to be i was working at the airport and um just started my property uh, journey, bought bought a block of flats with my older brother. And um, yeah, I just had a conversation with my wife at one point and said, you know, I think I need to spend three or four days down in Hastings, which was about two hour drive at the time. Um, and I'm going to pack the job in because it's uh, it was night shifts. It was hanging around with depressed people, hated their life, hated their job. It was it was absolutely awful. And I just need I just knew I needed out regardless of whether I knew where the next pound was coming from or not. I just I just had to make that jump. It was it was not really a decision for me. Um, so that's what I did. And the first project went really well. Um, and being 22, uh, became extremely cocky about the fact that I knew everything about property then, obviously. <laughs> um, so we went, we went from there into, uh, a block of 10 flats and a shop and, um, that was three quarters of a million pounds town center seafront. And I did nothing right on that project. I didn't get builders quotes. I didn't get a survey. I didn't get, um, you know, G- GDV figures. I got nothing. I just guessed it all. Um, and lo and behold, it went wrong. Probably lost in, in the region of 100 grand, which um, now I can stand here and say I'm glad happened then because yeah. it could have been a lot bigger and a lot worse further on down the line. Um, and it grounded me massively and completely changed me as a person um, to sort of, you know, who do you think you are? Try risking other people's money, um, you know, running around thinking that you can just do this thing regardless of what, who else is involved and and all the rest of it so um yeah ma- massive learning curve and it's kind of um sort of still stays with me now whenever i'm making decisions on on bigger projects and what have you but um yeah kind of kind of done everything i suppose in property um tried and failed many um including rent to rent rent to so- uh, service accommodation rent to hmos and more recently rent to hmo social housing um purely on the basis of I don't have to manage tenants anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I choose service accommodation because uh, I don't have to manage tenants. But um, it's uh, I, I do want to dig into the social housing side because I, I know um, it's a extremely – I think it's a bit like service accommodation. It's quite a hot topic at the minute. But, it uh, is, yeah. Just um, coming back to, you know, it is amazing how many people think they don't need help in property, right? And how, they can just wing it and they'll get by and until you get bitten you know, and, and obviously you got bitten quite hard and, um, you know, a lot of people probably would have quit hadn't lost a hundred grand, but, um, obviously you keep, why, why do you think people do just wing it? Why do you think that they don't take the advice that everyone throws at them that says, you know, one way or another, you're going to pay for it, get expert help, you know, get guidance, educate yourself before you invest. But a lot of people still sort of march ahead and don't, don't listen to that. 
multiple reasons i think i think number one they they don't trust the advice being given because they think it's a scam they think people are just going to take their money um that's the first and foremost and that's become worse as time's gone on really you know there was a few people in the game before teaching um and now it's become very much you do a deal you're now qualified to teach so um <laughs> I, I think a lot of the time people are just like fed up of, of, of and don't know where to go in terms of who to trust and who to listen to um yeah. Secondly, I think people don't treat property with the respect it deserves and they think it's a lot easier than it is. Um, you know, you hear the stories of your parents who gone and bought a house for 10 grand and then sold it for 50 grand six weeks later. It's like, you know, did, did up the kitchen and the bathroom and now it's worth double. It's, it's all these all these things. Everyone seems to think simple. Um, it's way more complex now than it ever was with, you know, hidden fees, with um, the cost of acquisition going up, the cost of borrowing money even though the interest rates are low there's a lot of hidden costs that people don't factor in people don't factor in holding costs on projects there's loads of different things um and property can be really complex i've always tried to make it very simple um but yeah it's certainly not something you can you can do it casually of course you know people make uh money in property by accident which is why i think they think they can go and do it do more of it and still do all right because they're like well i've lived in this house for five years and i've doubled my money um but ultimately, when you do it as a business, there's a lot more costs involved um, and you have to be way more consistently good rather than yeah. the odd luck um, when, when you do it as a job. Yeah. Do you think because people in the main get into it as a side hustle to start off with, they they give it that sort of mentality and that attitude as well? Because a lot of them will do it around a job. So they kind of almost just think it is a bit of a hobby. I don't know, really. Uh, for me, the reason I didn't was because I just thought it was easy you know on the basic when when you, even if you go on youtube and you learn the basics of property and refinancing and all that kind of stuff on the face of it it seems so simple like you just get a builder who gives you a quote and then he does his job wrong <laughs> straight away you're wrong it, like the, the the things that should be and are seemingly the most simple and never are in houses you know what all you do is go and buy a house no wait you don't just go and buy a house that's the hardest bit at the minute you yeah. know finding the fucking things the hardest at the moment um let alone getting three or four different solicitors to be on the same page and actually do their job properly let alone getting the right builder who's not going to leave the job or do something wrong and try and hide it you know there's all of these different facets of property that that you don't really consider when you're um when you sort of wet behind the ears with it yeah or watching a youtube video yeah exactly no <laughs> no one ever puts up the shit that goes wrong do they really no. So let's dive into the social housing side. So uh, your model at the minute is rent to rent into social housing. How did that come about? I've been in rent to rent since I messed it all up and needed an income. Um, so 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 like my mentor at the time just said, right, go and get some rent to rents, cover your get your get at least your wages sorted. So that's what I did. But um, after that, I thought I've I've made so many inroads, I've made so many relationships. I know how this works. Why would I stop at two grand a month i may as well just keep going and scale it so that's what i did spent two or three years doing it built up i think we were at 18 houses in the in uh in surrey at the time um so sorry it's quite hard to get get properties and quite a lot of input in terms of cash but the you know we i think our best deal we had two deals doing 1500 quid profit a month at one point mm-hmm. um and yeah, it was it was all good, but we become very bored of dealing with maintenance issues. Landlords who didn't want to deal with maintenance issues themselves, um, tenant problems within HMOs, and all that stuff sort of just weighed a little bit heavy. And I, I I'm pretty hyperactive. Pretty sure I've got undiagnosed ADHD. 
I, you know, I'm I'm one of these people who enjoys the the chase, that enjoys yeah. the start, enjoys the learning, enjoys the overcoming challenges. Once it's done, I'm bored. I can't be dealing with like ongoing issues. I get really bored of it. Um, so we decided to sell that portfolio um, in January a few years ago. Where by March we were back into rent to rent because we found out about social housing and actually rent to rent as a model is fantastic if you don't have maintenance, you don't have voids, you don't have tenant issues, you have none of that stuff. Um, all of a sudden your predictable income looks great um, and it's way more scalable. So we went straight back into it and we've done, I think we're at 26 deals in the last nine months. Um, with, with, with the rent to HMO social um, and we've we've sort of just just found another um, lease provider who uh, who works countrywide who, who's going to allow us to do probably another 10 a month um, and like I say other than the financing of rent to rent it's it's an extremely scalable model when you outsource um, the the sort of tenant side of it which is what we do um, with, with the social housing bits yeah I just outsource it to my team. So I don't actually have to bother with the ops. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's not so much out. You know, there's still shit you need to deal with. There's still going to be yeah, yeah. You know, within reason. I, I, you know, you, you can you can have a pretty systemized business and and still have to make decisions and still be like, oh, no, they haven't done that, have they? And, and yeah. kind of, you know, you, you still have to deal with the idiocy of people. I think sometimes that like that element for me is, is the worst. Just going, are people really like that stupid? Are they that like we 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 had one tenant in an HMO to give you an example that this this could be a podcast on its own just talking about stupid stupid tenants but um one guy said to my brother who was managing them at the time um the light bulb the only light bulb in my bedroom isn't working and I work nine to five so I can't get to a shop to get a replacement so just to test him obviously we know that you can get a light bulb outside of hours um just to test him my brother said yeah no worries but um i can't come back for three months he went yeah no worries he waited he waited three months (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy and that's the sort of like idiocy i've just learned that i just don't have any patience for anymore so even if it was outsourced and systemized i'm still going to hear about some sort of stupid tenant that's doing something in in one of our houses so um, yeah yeah with, with social housing depending on the lease you get it's kind of as close to a commercial uh, fully repairing and insuring lease as you'll get. So quite literally, no break clauses, nothing. They pay you every month without fail. And at the end of the contract, they have to put the property back in the same condition. Yeah, yeah. Talking about idiocy, um, we had someone, kid you not, piss in the microwave. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, one of the, a party in one of our houses. And, but, you know, that, that is the, that's the type of stuff you don't see on YouTube about service accommodation. But. Sure, you should, you should have done a video on it. Yeah, we, I mean, in our, in our short stint of SA, again, I, I went from learning about it to 10 units pretty quickly with, with our SA. And um, we had multiple issues in terms of, like, um, credit cards being used that were dodgy. And it was, like, mm-hmm. dealing with sick and parties and... Um, we had we had a, uh, a dispute between a, I think it was a girlfriend and boyfriend. It wasn't a party or anything, genuine um, booking. And uh, she stabbed him. So there was blood all over our walls, all over the furniture. <laughs> How do you deal with that? It's like you can't, you can't put, there's no system that can uh, prevent <laughs> stabbings in your <laughs> property. You know what I mean, it's, it's, it's all those sorts of things that unfortunately humans are just odd people. Um, 
and uh, and and yeah I, I try and to sort of limit myself from contact if possible <laughs> fair enough so are you a bit like myself where you're kind of using the rent to rent to your own sets yeah so so the idea behind it was and 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 in terms of how committed we are to this i actually sold my personal family home um that we owned to to fund as many of these properties as we could so we're, we're currently living in rented um so we've we've pumped all of our money into into these properties which our thought process behind it was we could pump the same money into deposits and buy the units and then put social housing leases in them then you've got the asset but the problem with that is you buy two or three and you're done um so what we've decided to do is essentially build a deposit machine so we see rent to rent as a deposit machine for us. So all of our money goes into there. We get around 75, 100% ROI in most cases. Um, and that then will churn out deposit money every two to three months. That means we can buy one every two to three months. Um, so it's got a lot more longevity. So what we'll look to do is probably buy assets every quarter for five years and then stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, something I was using, I always thought, I'll do rent to rent until I've got enough money and then I'll stop that and I'll just buy assets. But then I realized that actually to rent cash flow can help you buy more assets and just get, you know, using that money and just pumping it back into business and buying more assets. It's a, it's a very, it's like a self funding. You've got like your own investment scheme going on. It's, it's fantastic when you get it right, but obviously you need the units. You need to get the, the rent to rent unit numbers up. And, um, I did something similar. I, um, I had money set aside for a development, which I'm still n- not got planning on. So I went and dumped it into Dubai, set up a load of rent to rent units out there and, you know, you use the cash there, get it back before I need it for the development. And then you've got, nice. you know, a load of, a load of units out there and it's the same model that you can use here as well. So, um, so where is, um, where, where, what's, is it very much just same this year? Obviously you mentioned you're trying to get 10 a month. How's, how's that sort of structured out? How you, how are you going to aim to do that? How are you going to pull that off? Well, we've uh, to, to be honest. We've, I mean, we've already got the infrastructure there. We we got a few guys um, working with us that we we do a commission only structure with. Um, we teach them everything we know. We let them, you know, take on their own units, um, mm. and as such, they'll, they'll they'll go out there and find them. And you know, it's same with any rent to rent. You you get the, a couple of relationships with a couple of agents in each area, and that's you sorted. You get a, a, a pretty constant flow. Um, yeah. The, the money that the social housing providers are paying is pretty damn good. So it's not all that difficult. Mostly we're paying asking price for these things and and landlords are happy to do it because of the, the guarantees. And obviously they know that we've got the experience there and we've proven ourselves. So rent to rent, like any other strategy, you get the first couple, you prove yourself to the landlord or the agent. Um, when you've got a track record, it becomes way, way easier. Yeah, for sure. So how did you tap into the social housing stuff? Is that a case of just picking the phone up to the councils or... How did you actually get into that? No, it wasn't. It was it was a it was a previous previous sort of coaching client of mine who was doing it on behalf of somebody else. He was project managing stuff, and 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 we looked into it. And it was it was the main guy. I mean, that there, there's you'll you'll hear certain names floated about a lot. Serco being one of them. They're they're a massive um, blue chip company, and they have been given a contract by the government um, to house asylum seekers. So they they cover the northwest of England, and there's two other contracts: one in the northeast, one in the south. Um, and we tend to work in the south because that's where I'm based, and so is my business partner. Yeah. Um, 
So it kind of just snowballed from there. We decided we were just doing Circa. That's all we were doing. And then we started to speak to other people in the industry who were using other people. And it's one of those things, the more time you spend in there, the more you build your own network out, the more they start to sort of help you and vice versa. We, we sort of try and work alongside people um, because we've got the systems and processes sorted for sourcing. Um, you know, we can pretty much type whatever's required in and, and out comes the... Um, the property required so a lot of people sort of work with us on that and then they help us find the leases as as part of it because because that was something that we were quite weak on is understanding actually everyone looks at the the headlines of a of a lease a lot of the time and goes well that's great i'm getting all that money for this amount of time but they don't look into the intricacies and the legalities of those leases um and it's something quite frankly i'm not qualified to do i wouldn't know what i'm looking at um so we just let the guys that have been doing it for years and really understand and know do that side of it and then we will just go and find the houses yeah yeah keep it simple keep it simple. yeah i think you've got to play to your strengths in this i've I've realized that more and more as i've been in the game longer and longer is like you you tend to not be very good at all that much so focus on the stuff you are good at and and generally it's the stuff you actually enjoy as well so um there's absolutely no need for you to do stuff you hate in this in this day and age i believe yeah sure so um let's talk about um idiotic people and um tiktok (laughs) yeah yeah perfect (laughs) i uh I, i mean i actually saw one of your videos a long time ago and it had like a ridiculous amount of views and i was like eh like that just doesn't make any sense and i don't think tiktok does make sense right i no. mean like, you, you put videos up which are just like utter shit and it gets like hundreds of thousands of views so, so uh, how uh, are you still <laughs> doing it are you still active on there are, are you not I, I i keep meaning to i mean i'm looking right now as i'm moving out of the office i'm looking at the board that i set at the beginning of this year which was to hit 100k followers on tiktok and i have not posted once um I, I I hate just doing stuff ad hoc when I know it could be better. Especially we 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 I'm lucky enough to have a team that can edit and do bits and bobs. So I'm always I'm I've become very picky about what I want the end product to look like. In the meantime, I could have been posting crap and still getting views and follows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's great as a platform. I think it really does help you connect. So um, you know, I've I've got an opportunity to go into a pretty big project, which is going to be metaverse based. Um, uh, potentially a billion dollar business and that came from tiktok connecting with someone going on a live with him um having a discussion about property and 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 that's kind of where it came from i've met quite a few people on tiktok young guys who are doing extremely big things in social media and also in business and um yeah i think i one one thing i don't think people do enough is try and connect with people on social media on like a personal level so like if I ever need help with something or I feel like I've got a weakness that somebody on social media could help me with, i.e. TikTok, when I needed, I was like, look, you've got a massive following. Could you help me promote my webinar, for instance? Uh, most people would go, oi, mate, give me a shout out and expect a response. I think if you do it in the right way, you can really get some results. And I've got long-term relationships from it, which was your 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 TikTok videos are great. Um, you're getting amazing views. Well done. Um I'd love to hear whether you could help me out with mine. Um, and in return, I'd be more than happy to teach you what I know about property. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's like, I want something from you, but here's what I can offer you back rather yeah. than just give me some stuff because I asked. Um, and and I've got 
I can't tell you how much I've got in terms of pe- people are so happy to help if you ask in the right way. And I, the stuff, the, the question, the way I get asked on social media is like, oh, now I get it. I can see why people don't do this because they literally just go, give me some money or how do I buy a house? That's it. That's the question. How do I buy a house? Oh, yeah, I'm going to sit there and write out in detail because you asked me so nicely. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, going back to the question, I like TikTok. I think it's great. I think it's it should probably be your focus while you build that and then try and migrate them over to other platforms. Yeah, I think it's definitely growing. Um, I mean, I sat with my kids on Saturday night and did an hour and a half of just flicking through it and them screaming with laughter. But um, I think on the business side of it as well, it doesn't. I'm the same. We get I get a lot of emails like, "Can you show me how to do this? Can you tell me how to do this? Can you, you know?" And it's like, as you say, it's like, well, I could, but you know, it's uh, it's a lot of time out of my day to teach you all of that stuff. But um, I do think it, it it can connect you quite well. And it's funny how you've got that hundred k target because that was my target as well for this year. So yeah, um, I'll race you to it. There's there's all a right. challenge. There you go. I, I think we're about similar in terms of uh, in terms of numbers. So uh, I'll race you to it. I did have a quick look before. We did you? On. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, Red Jacks out on the old TikTok followers. Yeah, I had when I first started. So annoying because when I first started, there wasn't any other property people on there, um, and there was a few of these young guys like um, I'm trying to think of his name, Poku Banks, who just like yeah. he was absolutely storming it at that point. And I was like, wow, it's easy if you're consistent. It's easy to grow on here. Um, so I was doing three or four or maybe even five posts a day. I was going out for a walk and I was just rattling out posts while I was walking. Um, and it did start to grow, but in my head, it wasn't quick enough. So I wanted to get to 30K in 30 days. Um, and I think I got to about 15, which is still ridiculous. And I was like, oh, that was shit. And then kind of just gave up. And then I was getting advice from a few other people. Like there's guys I know on there, young guys who were on 1.5 million. Um, and they did so within a year. It's like, it's just insane. And they were like, oh, don't do it outside. Get yourself in a studio, get your right lighting, get it set up, get it planned. And then I just don't do anything. All of that stuff, like bores me to death and i just i haven't got time for it i'm running a business here um i can't like create the equivalent of a fucking film just to <laughs> get a few likes um so yeah i think i think i think that this, the learning there is consistency and and that's something i'm focusing on this year more than anything with with everything like like you mentioned the podcast is about it's the fitness the um the finances everything has to be consistent to to get results and it's something i've never had but again like i say i have an adhd i'm always here, there, and everywhere, and I focus on one thing, get bored, go on to the next, and never give myself a chance of of making it really work. Um, so this year is is just that in terms of consistency. So, um, yeah, well, one one thing I have focused on, and it's something I never thought I'd enjoy, is um, is writing emails every day. Um, just random emails. So it's whatever's happened in my day, what I've learned from somebody or something or off a film or I don't know, from a song, whatever it is, I'll just write an email out to our email list. Um, and I've done that every single day since since um, the beginning of this year. And it's, uh, it's something I oddly enjoy that I would never have thought I would because I don't write stuff. Yeah. Um, Good journaling. Yeah, is and it's and it's got something I've always struggled with is what the fuck do I talk about? You know, everybody <laughs> knows about rent to rent. There's a million other guys on there doing it better than I can and explaining it better than I can. And um, I always think I don't want, I, I don't want to put that out because I know it's boring. Um, but actually, then I just think, well, why don't I just do videos on the thing I just sat down and wrote about? <laughs> it makes it makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, so I I suppose I'm going for a bit of a um, it's like a therapy session. I'm going for a bit of a like a um identity crisis if you like because i feel like 
as much as the property has given me so much, I kind of want to expand further outside of it. Um, but then you're like, well, I'm not technically qualified to talk about that. So surely I can't. Whereas actually, you know, realistically, you can talk about whatever you like. And that's part of kind of what I'm going to do this year, I think, is essentially talk about what I want, when I want, probably offend a lot of people. But I think that's kind of what I do best half the time. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with being polarized. You know, I think everyone's, everyone's, you know, the, the, the Marmite characters are the ones that are, you know, picked up on quite a lot, aren't they? As opposed to the boring mm. ones who don't, who, you know, don't say much and they don't fall too far from the political line. But um, so what, um, in terms of outside of property, is there anything that specifically sparks your interest? Yeah, metaverse, 100%. Um, and NFTs, that kind of thing. I, I've not done, I've, I've dabbled in crypto, again, completely blindly chucking money into something I had no idea about. Attempted to learn it as much as I could. It made no sense. So I chucked money in anyway. Um, the NFT thing's exciting outside of the art part of it. It's the sort of underlying uh, blockchain element. Um, excites me a lot, especially in the property space. Um, metaverse houses metaverse property metaverse earnings really interest me um because it's 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 just mental it is and it's so hard to get your head around but equally it's like i i i fell in love with properties the creative ways in which you could purchase it or acquire it or make money from it um and that's slowly being restricted and slowly getting less chances of getting these creative deals and then you go oh hang on we can go to the metaverse and I can buy an NFT house, um, which I can fund using decentralized finance. And it's like, hold on a minute, we can do anything here. The, the, the possibilities are all of a sudden literally endless with this. And then I, that's when I'm getting really excited about um, is that so many don't understand it. Mm. Therefore, I always like that because it's like, you you get to untangle this stuff in people's heads and see their eyes go what oh yeah that makes total sense and all of a sudden you you bring excitement to other people that's what i had with with property and you know um different strategies like rent to rent or lease options you know when when you explain a lease option to someone who's never heard of it they're like what on yeah. earth is this thing um and i just think that that metaverse as weird as it is right now and as sort of immature as it seems and it's a little bit wild west. People are stitching people up left, right, and center, but it will it will settle down. And um, yeah, I just, I just think there's there's so much opportunity there for um, anything to happen. Yeah, no, it's my. I mean, I think I read the other day Snoop Dogg bought a house for like what one point five million or something in like this virtual reality and H and M selling clothes in this virtual reality. It's just it's just mental. It's, it is. It's absolutely crazy. But. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that makes sense to me is, is in certain bits, it's like there's a guy who's created a casino um, in the metaverse and people go in there, they're in the house, but they sit on a poker table and they chat to the bloke next to them and they play poker um, as these characters, but it's as real as it's going to get. And um, and that's that's what I thought was pretty cool. And that uh, you could actually invest in a uh, fruit machine that's within that casino. So you could buy that fruit machine from that casino owner and as part of owning that, you will then have a percentage of what it takes mm. completely passively making money from a game, basically. Um, that's when it starts to make sense to me a little bit. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> as you say, I'm a bit like you with the crypto, so I didn't understand it, tried to learn it, chucked a load of money at it, and then uh, just sitting there waiting for it to uh, to go forward. But the metaverse stuff, I'm probably I'm probably a lot further behind that. I've just not uh, not processed that one yet in my head, I don't think. But I think... 
it is definitely something that we're going to have to live with and something that is going to become a bigger and bigger thing over the coming years, that's for sure. I think anything Facebook get their hands on, you know, it is going to become something serious. So, yeah. Um, and anything, I mean, I, I, uh, the thing that excites me is the, the ability to buy a house as an NFT um, with all the underlying searches, anything that's happened to the house, any planning permission, you know, anything is then built within that blockchain underneath the nft you you then hold the ownership to your house within your like crypto wallet it's mad um and and yeah like all of a sudden like bog standard um finance starts to starts to not be so important because you can go and get finance on your nft based on the value of it it's 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 mind-boggling but equally exciting yeah it's uh yeah I, I i'm just speechless with that whole thing at the minute i just don't really know what to do with that but uh maybe i can pick your brain offline so as we wrap up um what's the biggest thing that you've learned over the last 10 years that you would pass on to, to any of the listeners now such a hard such a big question um first of all you you can do anything you want to do um but just focus on what you're good at and what you your your you enjoy, I suppose. Uh, something I've realized more than, than ever, like I said, is that like what I'm good at um, isn't something I can do alone. Um, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the fact that I am fully reliant on people that I need around me to make a business work. I am not a leader in a sense of that I can stand there and run a business from top to bottom. I need people there to make those big decisions as well. Um, and and I can just sort of run along with it. I'm a connector of people. Um, I can see when someone's um, strengths go with someone else's strengths and I can see where there's a product in between them too or, or something along those lines. And it's like sometimes it takes a little while to understand what you're actually good at. Um, mm. uh, and when you realize that is when when you can kind of be a little bit more free and a little bit happier i suppose um because that's something i went to i went to see diary of a ceo live stephen bartlett thing last night and um something that really hit home for me was when he sort of said you know you're where you are right now is where you've always wanted to be um and it's only because you're you're wanting more than that 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 you're searching for it and you don't allow yourself to be happy until you've got that next thing uh, but then when you get to the next thing there's a next thing and there's a next thing um, and I'm really trying hard to kind of be really happy with a, where, where I am right now and enjoying it, regardless of not being where you want to be, mm-hmm. um, regardless of it not being perfect, regardless of, you know, wanting to earn more money or have more time or be less stressed or whatever. You you need to kind of you'll, you'll probably look back on where you are right now and go, oh, that was a wicked time. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's it's a shame to kind of continually look past um the present i suppose um so yeah that that that's something aside from money and and business and all the rest of it i think focusing on being happy and wherever you are right now is is super important and being aware of the people around you because you know again being acutely aware that my parents are getting on do you know what i mean one one day i won't have my parents there anymore um so it's way more important to make them happy and spend time with them than it is to go and sit in an office and work my bollocks off um for what you know I, I think i think anyone who's lost their parents would probably give their right arm to to see them again so it's like the people that that are around right now might not be at some point so make sure that you kind of focus on on that side of things as well as the business bits yeah wise wise words wise words so um 
Thank you very much for your time. If people do want to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? All over the shop. No, it's uh, Instagram tends to be the best. Obviously, TikTok's good, but you can't um, message unless we follow back. Um, so it's Jack Wick's property on most of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then we'll be cracking on with the YouTube very soon. Super. Thanks for your time, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and you'd like to maybe get on a one-to-one call with myself, then you can easily put yourself in with a chance of winning that by leaving me a review and sending a screenshot, tagging me in it on Instagram at official Ryan Luke, and I will put you in the draw to potentially win that one-to-one call with myself at the end of the month.